Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Come on, little guy. It's been over the allotted two weeks it takes for your fun meter to go down again. Why won't you let me feed you? Everything good in here? How's Richard? Terrible! It won't eat, it won't play, it won't even beep at me. Maybe it just doesn't like you. Wouldn't be alone in that. It has to like me, Jane. It's programmed to! It's programmed to! It has to like me! Okay, easy there, boy. How long have you been playing with that thing? What day is it? Like three weeks since the last time we talked? You've been playing this whole time? Of course, Jane! Amagolios require around-the-clock supervision and care, or else they spontaneously combust. Everyone knows that. If I left Richard alone for even a minute, it might have... Foosh! Up in flames. When was the last time you ate? Or slept? Or... Ugh, bathed? That stuff doesn't matter. I don't combust if I don't sleep. There is no John. Only Richard. Ooh, boy. Okay. Why don't you just hand the nice toy over to me? That's it. Ah! 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 Gah! Okay, okay. Never mind. Look, I was coming to get you because I brought the mail. Why don't we sit down together and have a nice, quiet story time? How do I know you won't try and steal Richard? Because it's my turn to read and we literally can't move while we're reading? Who knows? Maybe by the time the story is done, Richard will be ready to play again. All right. But I'm watching you, Del. The Waterbridge Plaza had been a town staple and was as long as Willow could remember. The place had opened long before she was born, sometime in 59, but it had lost much of its glory in the years since then. Even in the years since Willow had grown up and gone to college, Waterbridge had lost much of its shine. It stood at the center of town, a towering, sprawling icon of a bygone era. The parking lot sprawled over so much land that you couldn't see from one side to the other, circling the massive building like a moat. A moat that was running dry these days, with barely a dozen cars spattered around the spots. The building itself didn't look so much decrepit as it did unloved. It was still standing, nothing was falling apart, but it lacked the pristine, welcoming look that Willow remembered from her childhood. The inside was no better. Once packed with shops and people, glittering lights and ornate fountains lining the paths, it was almost impossible to navigate through the crowds. Willow recalled many a trip to the mall with her family, dragging them from toy stores and kitschy restaurants alike. Now all those toy stores were barred off, signs falling down or completely forgotten, and those restaurants stood empty and stripped of their colorful facades. Spring break had coaxed Willow back to her hometown. With all her friends either off on their own vacations or spending time with their partners, she found herself on her lonesome. She had asked Mona if she wanted to join, but that was quickly rejected. Mona wasn't so keen on meeting Willow's family quite yet. So here she was on her own. The day was rainy, dreary, and the sky had donned a near-pitch-black coating of clouds. Willow had considered staying home and binge-watching her favorite crime drama, but her mother had shooed her out before she could even get the streaming service up. Willow had driven aimlessly around the town for a little while and then circled the mall twice before she decided to stop. Unsurprisingly, she got a parking spot right near the entrance. 
Sans umbrella, she bolted from her car into the mall. The first thing Willow noticed was just how neon everything still was. Waterbridge had the distinct look of a place that had not been updated since the 80s or 90s. It was bright and colorful, for sure, in a way that cast a sort of glow across the worn linoleum of the halls. The skylights above the walkways of the plaza brought in little light, instead casting the same gloomy shroud across the inside of the mall as the outside. The neon reflected off of every shiny surface, making Willow space out in a way that was only possible in a place so hell-bent on overwhelming the senses. Music played over loudspeakers, though the quality was so garbled she could barely make out the melodies, let alone what song was playing. Reasoning that these were probably last-ditch attempts to make them all seem lively, even when it was utterly devoid of people, Willow wandered over to the directory to pinpoint her location. Willow had entered right next to the mall's most expensive department store. Queen and Seamstress had once been the biggest draw of Waterbridge, and Willow could recall countless holiday seasons spent hiding in the clothing racks as her mother shopped for gifts. Today, with no physical cash on her person and the bank account contents of the average college student, she didn't dare step into the place. Still, it functioned as a decent landmark. One thing that hadn't changed since Willow was a child was the sheer size of the mall. She'd expected it to feel much smaller than it had during her childhood, but if anything, it felt bigger. Three levels was a lot to explore, and the map just barely squeezed onto the directory. It was quite difficult to make out any details of the map at all, and try as she might, Willow could hardly pinpoint any store. Her eyes raked across the listings, browsing her options. Too many of the stores had been crossed off with what looked like paint, a clear indication of what was no more. She went down the list, trying to see if any of her old favorite haunts were still there. The apparel section had quite a few options, old favorites like Amended Shapes and Rivermouth still listed among the other outfitters. She noted that, like so many of the stores listed, a lot of her old favorite stores had been crossed out. She ran down the list methodically, trying to find something, anything that tickled her fancy. Then she spotted it. It had been crossed out in black ink, scribbled over so much that she could hardly read it, but there it was. Lindy Sue. Immediately, her mind was flooded with the memories of the place. It had been the epitome of femininity when she was, like, eight or so. Wall-to-wall hot pink, zebra print, and sparkles. Willow could practically smell the sweet scent of cheap children's perfume. The feeling of greasy glitter eyeshadow still clung to her eyelids. Thinking back, she recalled a unicorn-stuffed animal that she had gotten from there. It had been a borderline meltdown, begging her mom to buy it for her. It was a cheap little thing, something she donated to the thrift store years ago, but the memory still brought a smile to her face. Too bad it had closed down. She could have gotten Mona a gift. Eventually, Willow decided that her best bet was the bath goods store on the opposite side of the mall. It was one of the only things still open, and if nothing else, she could buy a new hand sanitizer. It would, at the very least, be something to show off for her trip to the forgotten relic of a mall. The bath shop was located on the exact opposite side of Waterbridge, though, so that meant a hike for Willow. Readjusting her bag on her shoulder, she started her trek. Waterbridge had once been renowned for its variety of shops and restaurants, but it seemed that that detail had waned over the years. Most shops stood empty, shells of their former glory left to bask in luminescent neon light. Heavy iron gates blocked these husks off from the rest of the world, and Willow found herself casting curious glances at these once-hallowed places of her youth, now hollow. A sense of melancholy washed over her as she passed the old Glamour Shot studio. She and her friends had once saved up all their allowance to do a shoot there. 
Now all that remained of it were a few forgotten picture frames on the wall of a vacant storefront. Even the spot where Lindy Sue had once stood felt miserable to look at. Shut down and barred off, the only indication that it had ever been a vibrant, colorful makeover spot was a permanently glitter-covered cement floor. That, and the ghost letters of the sign that had once hung above the door. Just a slightly whiter imprint of bubble letters against a grimy white wall. Willow felt a pang of longing as she walked past, realizing that she was, in fact, no longer a little girl. She wondered what that little girl would think of her now, if she'd be proud of the young woman she'd grown into. The thought was shaken from Willow's head as she entered the bath shop. Starkly contrasted from the world around it, the store was bright and clean, trying its best to hold on to the appeal of brick and mortar. It smelled nice, the workers seemed relieved to see another living soul, and there was plenty to catch Willow's attention. A half an hour and forty dollars later, Willow had bought her hand sanitizer. And one for her mother, and a perfume, and a body wash, and a hand cream. Realizing that if she stayed any longer, she would waste more money, Willow strategically made her way to the checkout counter, averting her eyes from all the products as she did so. She quickly paid and extricated herself from the store, before $40 turned into 400 As she exited back out into the flickering neon abyss of the mall, Willow checked her phone. She had, surprisingly, spent nearly two hours in the mall. That didn't seem quite right. Did it really take that long to cross from one end of the mall to the other? Maybe Willow had just missed the memo and daylight savings time had come earlier than expected. She pocketed her phone and began to dig for her keys. Walking with her head practically buried in her purse, Willow almost didn't notice the sound of early 2000s pop music that broke through the hum of garbled mall music. It blasted loudly from her right side, and seemed to be out of place enough for Willow to temporarily abandon her search for her keys. She glanced up and then did a double take. It was much more than the music that seemed out of place. The sign above the just-previously-empty storefront of Lindy Sue shone brighter than any of the neon lights surrounding it. Music pounded energetically from inside, and the barred gate that had once been over the entry gate was gone. In its place, rows of shelves filled the store, colors pouring off of each one. The back wall was covered with backsplashes of zebra print and bright pink leopard print, and the stench of sugar-sweet perfume wafted into the hall. Willow stood for a moment, absolutely dumbfounded. Had she really thought it was closed, or was she just hallucinating? As she stood with her mouth agape, Willow felt something move in her hand. No, not something, someone. A hand had wormed its way into hers, ice cold and clammy. Startled, Willow wrenched her hand away, cradling it against her chest as though she'd just been burned. Can we go in? The voice spoke seemingly out of nowhere, and it took Willow a moment to realize that it was coming from below her. She glanced down. A little girl stood next to her, staring up at her in a kind of bored, misty expression. Her brown hair was tied into twin pigtails, and her big, green eyes bore into Willow in a strangely intense kind of way. She blinked up at Willow, clearly waiting for a response. "'I... what?' asked Willow, befuddled. "'Can we go inside?' the girl replied in a somewhat whiny voice. For good measure, she added, "'Please?' Willow slowly lowered her hand, this time not flinching as the little girl took hold of it again. "'Where is your mom, or whoever you're with?' The girl did not respond, but she tugged Willow's arm in the direction of Lindy Sue. "'Are you alone?' Willow pressed, kneeling down to be at the girl's level. Those green eyes continued to gaze at her. Where had she seen them before? "'Can we please, please, please go in? Please!' 
please, said the girl, clasping both of Willow's hands in her own. Frowning, Willow pursed her lips. She wasn't getting any responses out of this kid. Slowly, hesitantly, she nodded and stood. Yeah, okay, we can go in, but then we have to go to the security office, okay? Your parents are probably worried sick. The girl squealed in utter delight. In a split second, before Willow had fully gotten to her feet, the girl took off, dragging Willow in tow. The music was deafening as they entered Lindy Sue, and Willow briefly wondered if it had always been this overstimulating. The little girl dragged her through the aisles, gleefully snatching up items and turning them over in her little hands. Stuffies were pulled off the shelves and quickly thrown aside for new interests, and Willow did her best to keep up and put things back where they'd come from. She was a little surprised to see a flip phone in the mix, only to realize it was actually an eyeshadow palette. If the girl had any concern about where her parents were, she didn't show it. She merely dragged Willow along behind her, delightedly tearing through the combination store and beauty salon like a bat out of hell. When they had finally cleared all but one aisle, the little girl stopped dead in her tracks. She approached the end cap with something like reverence, finally letting go of Willow's hand to bring both of her own up to cover her mouth. Willow took this moment's reprieve to glance around the store for any sign of an employee. "'Does anyone work here?' she asked, mostly to herself. "'Do you see it?' responded the little girl, though it wasn't an answer. Her eyes were fixed on the stuffed animals sitting on the top shelf of the end cap, shimmering in wonder. "'Isn't she beautiful?' Confused, Willow glanced up to see what the girl was talking about. On the shelf sat a little pink and green unicorn, pale and glimmery. Its horns and hooves were studded with sequins, and it called to mind a memory for the second time that day. Willow smiled despite herself and pulled the toy down from the shelf. "'Funny, I used to have one just like it when I was about your age,' she murmured, turning the toy over in her hand as she handed it to the little girl. "'Didn't think they still made them.' The girl squealed as she took it, petting the thing as though it was as fragile as a Fabergé egg. In a moment of spontaneity, Willow asked, "'Do you want me to buy it for you?' Those familiar green eyes turned up to look at her, excitement brimming them near to the point of tears. For the first time, the girl responded in a way that was relevant to the conversation. Really? Willow smiled, nodding. Together, they went up to the cashier. No one here either. Willow pursed her lips again, chewing the inside of her cheek and thought. Is there a bell? It's okay, asserted the little girl, tucking the unicorn under her arm. We can wait over there. Willow followed the direction in which she was pointing. There stood a wall of vanities, sized for children, of course. The girl led the way and pulled out a chair. The gesture she made was grandiose, indicating Willow should sit. She laughed to herself. The kid had the flair for the dramatic. Couldn't fault her for that. Willow herself was a theater major. She sat down and placed her purse in her lap. The little girl set the unicorn on the vanity table and brushed her hands off on her jeans. I'm going to do your makeup, said the little girl matter-of-factly. As a thank you for Lady Twinkleshine. Something stirred in the back of Willow's brain, but she couldn't quite catch the thought. The name sounded familiar, too. Maybe it was just from a TV show. You don't have to do that. Lady, um, Twinkleshine needed a new home. I'll do it. I want to, the girl declared, and Willow resigned herself to her fate. Sit still, okay? Willow let the girl do her thing. There was an array of items already waiting on the vanity for her to use, but she apparently decided that a new hairdo would be included in Willow's makeover. She began to braid it as Willow watched her in the mirror. "'Your parents are probably getting really worried about you,' Willow said gently. The girl frowned, but didn't respond. She was intent on evenly splitting Willow's hair into two sections. 
What's your name, hon? The girl responded, quietly, so quietly that Willow almost didn't hear her. Oh, Emery? That's a pretty name. Memory, replied the girl, irritated and insistent. Oh, Memory, Willow repeated. Sorry, Memory's a beautiful name, too. My name's Willow. Memory finished one of the braids, switching to the other side. Her fingers worked through Willow's dark brown hair with the expertise usually only possessed by juvenile hairdressers at slumber parties. She spoke through the hair tie that was clamped between her teeth. Nuh-uh. Willow paused, a frown creasing the skin between her brows. She watched Memory carefully through the mirror. What? I said nuh-uh, Memory clarified, intent on the braid. You're not Willow, not anymore. As she said this, she looked up to meet Willow's eyes in the mirror. Two identical pairs of green eyes stared back. I'm Willow, said the other girl. We're Memory, replied the younger. She finished the braid off and tied it, clasping the older girl's hand once again and pulling her from her seat. The unicorn-stuffed animal was quickly swiped off the vanity as the younger girl led her companion out of the store. As they walked, the pop music and oppressive scents from inside Lindy Sue mingled with new ones, ones that floated in from the outside of the store. The mall outside was glorious, bright and clean and noisy, populated by dozens upon dozens of people. Every storefront was filled, and wonderful smells of pretzels and cinnamon rolls wafted in from the food court. The noise was cacophonous, but somehow melodic, and the voices echoed alongside the music tracks. Neon lights shone in all their glory, reflecting off every available surface. Waterbridge Plaza had life breathed into it once again. And somewhere out in the parking lot, Willow placed her bags on the back seat of her car and climbed into the driver's seat and drove off, leaving a little piece of herself behind in the forgotten relic of her past. And she knew, from the for-sale sign by the exit, that this would be the last time she ever set foot in Waterbridge Plaza. I see. So the moral of the story is that consumerism is inherently detrimental to society and will one day be humanity's ultimate downfall. Yeah, no, I don't think that's what it was. Oh, is that Richard? Yes! I can finally- No! Ooh, yeah. The window to take care of them is incredibly small. Looks like you blew it, buddy. This wouldn't have happened if I was still reading the odd-numbered stories. Great! Perfect! This is exactly what I wanted! Now where can I find a virtual companion to take care of? Oh, robot voice! Don't get any ideas, Mr. Doe. Upper management would like to inform you that the possession of animals, real or virtual, both as pets and literal, My bad. is strictly forbidden and punishable by pain. Extreme pain. Uncommon Commons is a podcast. It was written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Our theme song was composed by Charles Adam Robinson, and our logo was designed by Sam Vitale. Special thanks to our patrons, including Noel Son and Mel, who contribute at the $5 level. For $1 a month, you can get access to all of our bonus content, including the common area, as well as our actual play miniseries, Need to Escape. More information can be found in the links below. Rate and review us wherever you get podcasts. Stay. And remember, nothing is real. <laughs>